Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And uh, we have an inspiring guest today who's actually in Ottawa, Canada, which is my home and native land. I'm actually from Vancouver, BC, Canada, which is on the West Coast. And our guest today, Vanessa, is actually in Ottawa, which is the nation's capital. And uh, they're actually uh, preparing for a huge event this year called Canada 150, which is celebrating uh, 150 years of Canadian Confederation. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, you would think like Canada would be much older than that, but we're only 150 years old. <laughs> it's not very old at all uh, compared to some of the places I've traveled to. Uh, it's a very young and uh, amazing country. So we're going to be finding out about um, uh, what's happening to celebrate Canada's big birthday. Uh, so Vanessa is the founder of a travel blog. It's a very unique name. It's called turnipseedtravel.com. Yes. And uh, on Turnipseed Travel, she writes about her and her family travels. And uh, she also works with different uh, brands uh, to generate income online. Uh, so we'll be finding about those things as well. So Vanessa, uh, to start off with, why didn't you share a little bit more about yourself, uh, what you do, and uh, then we'll continue. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And hi to everyone who's joining us now. Uh, like you mentioned, my name is Vanessa, and I blog at turnipseedtravel.com. Uh, a lot of people want to know where on earth did I get that name. Um, I don't have a particular fondness for eating turnips or anything like that, uh, but turnipseed was a nickname that my mother gave me when I was little. So I'm not sure what inspired her. It was just one of those silly things that sometimes you do for your kids, but I like it. I like the alliteration. I like that it's memorable, and I like the analogy because turnip seeds are really tiny but they grow into these huge vegetables and they're really uh, reliable and sturdy so I kinda like the idea of starting small and growing into something substantial I've lived in Ottawa now for 12 years but I'm originally from Nova Scotia so I guess between you and me we've covered two ends of the country which is really cool everything um, but the north <laughs> exactly exactly so the next guest we'll have to have in is uh, we'll have to represent the northern side of things but yeah. uh, um, you know Ottawa is my home now and it's the perfect base for uh, exploring Canada and also exploring the rest of the world Awesome. So uh, tell us more about your travels itself. I mean, uh, you're based in Ottawa, like you mentioned. Uh, where all have you traveled, both to, uh, you know, in Canada, U.S., and beyond? Okay. Um, the focus of our travel blog is about value as opposed to a geographic location. So I'm looking for where I can go all around the world. It's giving me great bang for my buck. Um, so in Canada, I've done a lot of travels throughout the rural parts of um, Ontario, the province I'm based in, and a lot in the northeastern United States because they're fantastic for road trips. Um, and often on those trips, um, it's my husband, Ryan, myself, and our dog, Oliver. Um, but when we travel overseas, Oliver tends to stay at home, which is a good thing. And um, we've been throughout Western and Eastern Europe, uh, through Scandinavia, the British Isles, uh, we've been to Southeast Asia a little bit with Singapore, Thailand, and Myanmar. Uh, we've been um, touched on the Middle East a tiny bit with Turkey. Uh, we've been to Australia, and I have been to Africa. Um, back when I was in university, I lived in Malawi and traveled there for a semester. Um, so we've conquered quite a bit of territory, but we haven't made it to uh, South America yet and we haven't made it down to Antarctica yet. 
Well, I'm sure those are two big bucket list items to conquer yes. those two continents. Uh, so, Absolutely. Vanessa, tell us about your experience uh, in Malawi. That sounds quite uh, interesting. I've never actually met someone who's lived there. Yeah. Uh, tell us more about what made you choose Malawi as opposed to any of the other 193 countries in the world. Um, well, I guess in a way, Malawi chose me, which is which is wonderful. I was in uh, university in St. John's, Newfoundland. I was doing grad school there with a, a master's in political science. And there was a program with CEDA, the Canadian International Development Fund. And this program uh, was partnered with the different universities across Canada. And um, one of the universities I accessed it through was Memorial uh, University in St. John's. And they have a marine institute there, which specializes in all things to do with fishing and shipbuilding and everything like that, which is an odd combination for me in political science. Uh, but they were doing a fish farming project in Malawi. And my colleagues there were working on the scientific side of fish farming. And I went down to do the political side of it as a gender analyst, learning how women could be equal beneficiaries of the grants that are going to be given out to the fishing communities. Um, so it was an incredible experience. I worked with the government of Malawi's uh, Department of Fisheries. I had an opportunity to travel all through the rural parts of the country along the shore of Lake Malawi to visit different fishing communities. Um, I found Malawi just an absolutely breathtakingly beautiful destination. It's really famous for bird watching um, and I guess the lake is the perfect climate for really encouraging a lot of birds to nest there. Um, the people are really uh, so welcoming and I learned so much from them about the fisheries and for ecological development so it was really uh, a wonderful wonderful experience and I had the opportunity to travel to Zambia and a little bit to Mozambique when I was there so it was a nice base for uh, exploring you know southeastern Africa as well. Awesome. Sounds like a great adventure, Vanessa. Uh, you mentioned your dog as well. And you know, a lot of people, they don't travel because of the pets. Uh, uh, whereas you, uh, you seem to have uh, managed, obviously, to travel uh, to all these uh, countries you've mentioned. Uh, tell us about how you handle the logistics of the pet care, the dog care, and the dog babysitting. It is, it's, I'll be honest, it's probably the biggest struggle of our travels because we want our dog to be safe and comfortable, uh, obviously, and we want to be in a position where we're not worrying about him. So when we travel through North America and he is able to come with us, we try to research in advance if there are doggy play centers that we can bring him to for the day uh, because we don't think it's a good idea for him to be in a hotel cooped up all day. Um, not good for him. I'm sure not safe for staff members who aren't aware of him. Um, and we also try to research dog-friendly activities, parks, um, some, some restaurants and cafes are dog-friendly, things like that. Uh, for the overseas trips, it gets more complicated. Um, usually each trip's a bit different. What we've done in the past is we've either um, paid for my mom, who's in Nova Scotia, to fly up and stay here for a week or two to be um, a dog sitter. Wow. So we're very fortunate that my mom's retired and she's active, so she enjoys that. Uh, last summer we spent five weeks in Europe, so we actually drove to Halifax, uh, to Nova Scotia, with our dog, spent a few days with family, left him with my mom, uh, then you know went on our trip, returned and picked him up that way. Uh, on previous trips we've had friends who work in uh, international development field, we have a friend who works with Doctors Without Borders, 
she happened to be between missions. Um, and so fortunately she could stay with us and dog sit for us. So we've had, we kind of have to piece it together and we're always on the lookout for friends who might like to do swaps of dog care, but it's a huge, huge responsibility. Um, and it can be extremely expensive. Even a few days of um, pet accommodations can add up really quickly. So it's a good thing we love him so much because <laughs> he's not always the most convenient person or uh, creature to have around. But uh, yeah. the other option is I know a lot of people do pet sitting, uh, both in terms of uh, pet sitting other pets, mm -hmm. but also having uh, other people pets sit theirs. Have you yes. attempted that yet? We haven't just because. Um, I guess we've been lucky so far that it's worked out with either my mom or with friends. Um, and we are living on the outskirts of Ottawa in the suburbs. And we've often felt that for to attract pet sitters, they might want to be more in the downtown core of the city. Understandably, because they're traveling here, they want to experience it. Um, and so that's not necessarily the easiest arrangement, but it's definitely something we would look into. But I think when we ourselves are traveling, um, we often do miss um, having a pet around, but it's also freeing to know that we're not responsible for an animal when we're in Europe or when we're in Asia. Awesome. Thanks for sharing about, uh, you know, the pet logistics, if you will. Tell mm -hmm. us about the travel blog itself and in terms of uh, when did you start it yeah. and what are the major themes and topics you cover mm -hmm. on your website? I started the blog about five and a half years ago. I started it for um, no other reason than I just wanted to write. I've wanted to be a writer since I've been five years old. Uh, growing up on Cape Breton Island in Nova Scotia, it's one of the most literary power, you know, powerful regions really in the world. So many Giller Prize winners come from there. So the literary and artistic influence is strong. I've always wanted to write. I started my first blog in 1997. I started others along the way, but I never really stuck with it. And I guess with this, I just felt the real need to write and I chose travel because it's the topic I like to talk about the most. And what I love so much about travel is the planning. Um, a lot of people find travel research or travel planning to be boring. I'm the opposite. It gets me so excited to read about a destination. I love to read novels that were set in the destination. I love to see documentaries about it. And I love reading guidebooks and other blogs. So I get super excited and geeky about the research side of travel, and that's enabled us to really have a strong value-based focus. We're not, um, you know, sailing on yachts, and we're also not crashing on the floor of someone's house. We're right in the middle, and we're looking to see how you can get the best bang for your buck, how you can get a richer travel experience without having to be rich. Um, and that's really been the impetus for everything that we write about and everything we travel is how can the average person enjoy this, really savor the experience and still make value-based choices that they're comfortable with. Awesome. And I'm glad you focused on that area because uh, one of the big objections for people not traveling is time and money, time and money. So exactly. if you can help solve that problem uh, for people, uh, you're, you're doing the right thing. Uh, so tell us about uh, some of the ways that you monetize and, uh, you know, generate income on your blog and social. Okay. Um, you know, it's, a, it's been a bit of a learn as you go process because there's not, when you open a blog, it never comes with a set of instructions. It's like, oh, here's, here's how you're going to make a ton of money. And you see so much online about, make $10,000 in your first month of blogging. I don't know. I'm still, I'm still waiting for that money to show up. Um, so <laughs> exactly. I'm a big believer in you don't put all your eggs in one basket. So we have monetized it through 
Um, some affiliate links for hotels or um, products like the backpacks we use. We have done some sponsored posts when it's a company that we um, would normally recommend under regular circumstances. Uh, we have done some advertising placement, people who purchased sidebar ads and things like that on our site. Um, and we have also um, charged a day rate when people invite us to work with them we have levied a day rate to compensate us for our time. Uh, and this is different than them purchasing an advertorial. Um, it comes with the understanding that we're still gonna write our true opinions and write from the heart. Um, but if we are traveling four days to attend one event, um, it's reasonable that that time be compensated in a fair manner. And we usually include um, complimentary advertising on our site so they're compensating us for a time but they're also receiving advertisements um, that kind of uh, hold true for a six-month period or whatever it might be um, we've also been hired to do uh, takeovers of social media sites to be a brands um, you know tweeting for them or doing Instagram for them we have um, also freelancing for other sites so it's not so much monetizing our blog but when I realize there's a great story but it's not the best fit for ours my site I'm going to look and see if I can sell that elsewhere and uh, you also do some social media in addition to yeah. all the other income streams so tell us more about the social media management side of things absolutely uh, three years ago I found it sculptsocial.com to help other small businesses sculpt and hone and perfect their online presence I really believe that social media and web writing is an incredible tool for small businesses and I believe it can go a long way towards helping them realize their marketing goals. So I work with different small businesses um, both around Ottawa and further afield to help them improve their social media. Um, primarily that's been through doing social media audits, looking to see where they're going uh, well, what their strengths are on Facebook or Twitter, what have you, and where they can improve and then coming up with an editorial plan or a content plan so they know what they're going to be talking about for the next 12 months. Um, obviously not tweet by tweet, but more here are different themes that you can talk about, here's different ways you can tie in promotions to your business. Uh, so it's been really rewarding to see so many different organizations, not-for-profits. Um, we've worked with everyone from medium-sized businesses that have been um, in the community for 50 or 60 years to new startups that are just a few months old. So it's really energizing to see people um, from so many different fields and getting to work with them and learn about their industries. Very cool. And, uh, you know, that's a great way to monetize. Um, you know, as a travel blogger, you can actually yeah. leverage your travel blog and also start doing social media management and social media campaigns. Uh, so, Vanessa, you know, I'd love to cover this whole area of Canada's big birthday. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, I'm super excited. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be in Canada. Um, ah. um, I'm actually, we are actually in Trinidad currently, and yeah. we're going to be traveling to Colombia, et cetera. But, uh, you know, uh, life as a digital nomad is that sometimes you're not always <laughs> where you want to be at all times. So, exactly. I'm, I'm definitely going to celebrate uh, from wherever I am. Um, mm -hmm. And it's coming up soon. Uh, at the time of the interview, we are just recording this in the end of June. And uh, Canada Day, for those of you who don't know, is on July 1st, as opposed to America Day or, you know, Independence Day, which is on July 4th. So, you know, Canada, U.S., obviously, like a uh, little bit of rivals, but also friendly neighbors. <laughs> just a little bit. And, yeah, a little bit of rivals, but friendly neighbors in the sense that everyone just thinks we're almost like a, pro a state of, of the U.S. So just <laughs> they don't know anything about us. But, I mean, we have so much. 
uh, natural beauty, you know, from the, the from the north to the south, from the west to the east, and uh, we're the friend some of the friendliest people in the world. We have amazing food uh, concoctions such as like poutine. Uh, you know, we're probably the best in ice hockey in the world, and we're really patriotic. I mean, a lot of us Canadians we carry our um, oh, sorry, we put our uh, the maple leaf, uh, which is our a, a flag or symbol yeah. uh, from the maple trees uh, on our backpacks to distinguish us from our American counterparts. Absolutely. So we are celebrating um, 150 years. So Vanessa, uh, since you are in Ottawa, which is the nation's capital, tell us a little bit about um, why are we celebrating, first of all, uh, and then tell us a little bit about how is the ambience, the an and, um, ambience and atmosphere and energy like in Ottawa, the, uh, you know, the, the capital of Canada. Absolutely. Well, like you had mentioned at the beginning, um, this is celebrating the 150th year of Canadian Confederation, when different components of what was, I guess, British North America came together uh, as sort of like a legal and political entity to create this new uh, nation of Canada. And it certainly didn't look like it does today. Um, like, for instance, where you're from, British Columbia wasn't, um, you know, one of the first uh, areas to join because Canada had to be connected. It's such a large geographic zone. And of course, people have been in Canada for much more than 150 years. European settlers were here for hundreds of years before that. And of course, the indigenous people of Canada have been here for tens of thousands of years. So it's really exciting to celebrate the past 150 years because I think Canada has accomplished so much. Um, but it's not just, it's we're not just selling, celebrating the last 150. We're celebrating um, thousands of years that have evolved to make Canada the country it is today. Um, the atmosphere in Ottawa, I'd say, is really excited. Um, but of course, everyone in Ottawa, we always have a bit of trepidation about these things. We always think, oh, will there be crowds? Will it be well organized? And from what I've seen so far, yes. Um, the stage is already set up on Parliament Hill. So we were by the other day to check out the construction. Uh, on Canada Day itself, there's some incredible dignitaries who are going to be in Ottawa. Obviously, the Prime Minister and members of the government. Um, but also Prince Charles, the Prince of Wales, and dignitaries from around the world. So there's a lot of special events that are happening here, like citizenship ceremonies for new Canadians. Uh, there's an incredible concert on Parliament Hill that features amazing artists from all over Canada, and actually sometimes from around the world. So this Canada Day, um, U2 is coming to sing a song or two for free on Parliament Hill. So that's getting people... Uh, pretty pretty excited um, and then in the evening there's a spectacular fireworks display um, and while I think Ottawa certainly goes all out every year and even more so this year across Canada there's going to be um, celebrations small and not so small in just about every community how exciting you know I, I know we have a lot of different actors and actresses mm -hmm. and singers and uh, performers, uh, you know, like Celine Dion comes to mind, yeah. Brian Adams, Shania Twain, mm -hmm. uh, Mike Myers, Jim Carrey, the list goes on and on, oh, uh, uh, you know, to celebrate all of these um, contributions to the global mm -hmm. stage. So uh, what are you going to be doing, Vanessa, on Canada Day to celebrate with your family? <laughs> That's the million dollar question, eh? Um, our plan is to go downtown and be a part of all the excitement and maybe the madness is there. Um, for those of you who are watching online, I've got my new um, Canada hat. So I've got the ball cap ready to go. Uh, red and white caps selling, saying uh, 1867, the year of Confederation. Um, and I think it's going to be really, really exciting. But come the end of the day, we're going to head back to our house in the suburbs. We're not going to stay downtown for the fireworks because our own community is doing 
a more modest display of fireworks. Um, so a little less spectacular, but we want it to be part of our immediate neighborhood as well as being part of the big, the big fun. Um, certainly if anyone else is coming into Ottawa for the day, on Canada Day, I recommend bringing both sunscreen and a rain poncho. Every year it seems to be incredibly hot and every year there seems to be a dramatic thunderstorm at some point in the day. Awesome. You know, I'm just getting excited uh, even thinking about it right now. I have the patriotism in me is boiling up. So, uh, <laughs> Vanessa, if people wanted to find out about, uh, you know, Canada 150, yeah. um, if they listen to this obviously before or even after, I mean, it's still a birth, a birth year, uh, not yeah. just a birth day. It's a birth year for the whole uh, 2017. So uh, is there a website by which people can find out more? I use the Ottawa Tourism website as my main resource. Um, and let me just ch double check the link for you because they're really coordinating so many of all the events that are happening. Um, yes. So the city of Ottawa, Ottawa tourism website, um, and they are ottawatourism.ca. So that's easy to remember. Um, and there's a French link in there as well for Francophone uh, listeners and viewers um, as well. And a lot of the city is already booked up in terms of hotels, which I'm sure most people expect. But there are still some spots, I think, um, on Airbnb and in neighboring communities. So not all is lost for any last-minute uh, travelers to the area. Uh, Vanessa, uh, mm -hmm. tell us about your own website and social media if people wanted to find out more uh, about your blog, about your travels, or maybe hire you from social media, et cetera. What is your own connections there? Absolutely. Uh, to read our travel writing, my travel writing, you can go to turnipseedtravel.com and you can follow along on Twitter and Instagram at turnipseed. Um, and for social media assistance, it's sculptsocial.com and on Twitter as sculptsocial. And you can always email me. It's vanessa at turnipseedtravel.com and I'm always uh, happy to help, whether it's with social media work or giving a bit of advice as to my favorite things around Ottawa. Awesome. Uh, you know, thanks so much for your insights, both into traveling, traveling with pets, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, budget travel, value travel, and uh, now about celebrating the 150th birthday, birth year of the nation. So thanks everyone for tuning in to Digital Nomad Mastery. Make sure you subscribe, comment, and share. Uh, leave us a rating and review, and we'll catch you in the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast, where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. <laughs>